see if it if it works as expected. Looks like it's uh, looks like it's recording. It's good to go, good to go, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a bit of fun. Yeah, oh yeah, not too bad, not too bad. What do you think of the new studio? It's neat. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's boutique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this room, man, has been through so many phases. It was a garage. When we first got here, and then it became a like a um a just a shed workshop, and then this was the original brewery mm. for Renee's kombucha. Yeah, I think I came down when it was when she was fermenting, and I can't remember what for, but yeah, mm. yeah, that, and then then it became a spare room with a bed in it, and then now it's a studio. So mm. it's had a few lives. Helensville's first studio. Yeah, I don't know. There's that one down. Um, Underneath the hairdressers, that um, so there was some sound guy, Matt or something. I, I didn't even really met him, mm. but he had a little studio set up under there, which looked quite cool. Mm. Um, I was actually wondering if that might be available at some stage in the future. Oh, mate, what's the point? Check this out. Yeah, this is all right. They you can do two people in here. I mean, I've got enough space so I can set up someone else over here. Yeah, you can have four people in here. Yeah, kind of get a couple of people in if we need to. Um, there's a couple of mates who want to, there's two of them who want to come over and do a yeah, you know, do a the three of us just chatting and talking shit. It'd be fun. <laughs> beers. Yeah, a couple of beers. Their dads from um the like from the netball team. They want to call the episode Netball Dads. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I maxed the blooming audio out on that one. Uh, it, we we hear it here, but it should be okay on the um on the video that goes up. Oh, yeah. yeah, it should be in here. I think there's a little bit of compression running on the um on there, so hopefully it doesn't sound too bad over there. But um yeah, so um like yeah. Social media for kids. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Because your you know, your kids are a bit older. They're getting into those teenage years. Mm. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I don't know. It's. I'm not a big fan of it, but it's just a. It's so tricky, eh? Like, I've got a 13 year old girl and a 12. Jackson just turned 12 yesterday. Oh. He's not that keen on social media, but in a way, he sort of is. So he's. Um, uh, really into Fortnite and Minecraft and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he he gets online with his mates and they talk on there and you know they might be doing strategies or whatever. So in, in that respect, it's a that's a positive form of social media like Minecraft. Um, Fortnite is similar as well, but it's a different type of game. So, um, but they still strategize like they'll team up and whether they're doing a capture the flag or last man standing or whatever then they'll work together and try and get rid of the other groups and but you know yeah but um he's not really into into the like what what grown-ups consider social media like facebook and that yeah um poppy is uh, she's she's into tiktok and uh, I don't know, it's it seems reasonably harmless, but um, it just depends on what they're posting, you know what I mean? Like, she's only like 12, 13, and, you know, they want to share videos of themselves in their flipping tank tops and stuff like that. I just reckon that's not on because you don't know <clears throat> who's watching on the other end. Yeah. Um. And they just, I think it's all innocent because it's only them and their friends that can see what they're doing and that. But in reality, it's not. Yeah, that you don't know who's 
sharing it onwards and yeah they want to oh yeah it's it's just a video like a 10 second long video or something like on tiktok you know yeah um and then it's get thirty thousand views it's like that's crazy well, there's only what 800 kids it's, at kuiper college so yeah who else is watching it who else is watching it and yeah yeah it's, it's creepy like yeah i mean yeah uh, yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not massively stoked about it yeah no look i'm I'm like you. I've got some concerns. Yeah, you know, my kids are younger, but they're at that age where they're they're asking now for you know phones. Can we get a phone? Because a couple of their friends are getting phones, mm. and you know, like, oh, can we have one? My mate's got one. I'm like, no, you don't need a phone yet. You know, you mm. you just you don't need one. Oh, but we want to get one. But as soon as they get it, it'll be social media that they're into. It is um, straight away. So yeah, I mean, Jackson's really polite and, and sort of has doesn't really push it too hard. Yeah. So he got a Nintendo Switch instead of a phone. Oh yeah. So for him, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, but when he gets a bit older, he might. We want when he starts walking home from school and all that sort of stuff. Then that's sort of when we would want him to have one. Yeah, that's a good idea. If that fits safety like that, mm. definitely. But yeah, with Poppy, it was more peer pressure and that kind of situation where you know she was wanting a phone real bad. Yeah. And it's a tough one because like if you say no, then she's the odd one out. Yeah. And then you're you're putting that you're putting that on your kids by saying no. You're, you, we, we, we're going to make, make you be the odd, odd one out. It's it's a tough thing. I think you, we've got to move with the times. Like it's a for that re, for that exact reason. You don't want to make your kids sort of stand out as being you're the only one in your group that can't play and be involved, mm. and then can't be connected and aware of what's going on. But at mm. the same time, got to kind of keep some communication open with them to understand, like, mm. hey, what's okay and what are you seeing and you know what's going on. Mm. That's. Oh, and they're so moody, you know, kids, like, they're going through hormonal changes and all this sort of business, and, like, there's so many p- parenting, um, not so much apps, but, like, locks and mm. what you can do, family share and all this sort of business, what they're allowed to use. Yeah. Um, but even with Fortnite, that's an R16 game, so if, if, if Jackson's not playing that on my account, he can't play it. Okay. Because yeah. he's only 12. Yeah. yeah. So if we'd set him up. As a user on the PlayStation, as a twelve-year-old, yeah, you can't do it. You can't play these games. It's, it's locked out, and, it, and you can't retrospectively change it. You, uh, you'd have to set up an entirely new account, right? Because yeah. you put a birthday in or something like that, so they know, yeah. and that's it. You don't get yeah. another shot at it. No, no, no. So Sony's actually really clever in the yeah. way that it does that. Yeah. Um, and I was a bit pissed off because um, I'd set him up with his account, and I was twelve, and he was like, "Oh, dude, I can't play anything." Fortnite. Like, okay. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, with the iPhone. If you can you can lock them out of apps and you can put on, you know, screen time, how many hours a day they're allowed to use it and what hours of the day they can use it and all this sort of stuff. But the more locks you put on and the more restrictions you do, the more resentment the kids have to, against you for having yeah. set it up that way. And, and it is just this battle, eh? Like, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one because they, they're young. They don't have the experience that we have to be able to see what some of the pitfalls might be of that social media, you know, mm. like the the random person who starts talking to them saying, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And where do you live? You know, it's like, that's mm. creepy, you know, what happens out there. Mm. Uh, yeah. to, I don't think we've experienced anything like that. But it's just the whole number of views and like they're addicted to likes and mm. or, or or that sort of thing, you know. So like Oh yeah. I think Poppy put a photo up. She'd done her makeup and just just took a little two second video of her lips or whatever, yeah. or her eye makeup, whatever it was. Yeah. Which got mate, honestly, thirty thousand likes. Wow. 
and it's mate, I've got I've got Liberty's got ten thousand followers, and we don't post anything that gets thirty thousand likes. So I mean, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't honestly, I don't. Yeah, that that creeped me right out. I was just. Yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around. It is. Well, yeah, and it, all that stuff now is becoming AI-driven. Like, it's just looking at the content that comes up and whatever it finds, something in it, it knows, okay, that'll be popular. And mm. so it'll get, it gets promoted and pushed out to people. Mm. YouTube's, you know, the same. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just sharing with people that you know. No, it's not. No. no. I mean, you can set it up that way, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, they don't. They just put in their details and and then they're away they don't we can i could go on there and and change the settings but again, and again it, you know they are addicted to the likes and yeah so, and so it becomes almost like a like a um, i'm better than you like say a group of five friends are all on tiktok one person gets the thirty thousand, and then the other one's only get five thousand or something like this, you know. And then when they're in the playground or socialising, it's like, how well, you only get this and that, and it's some new competition. It's honestly, it's you really have to have your finger and on the pulse to understand how deeply entrenched it is into their their social workings. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you can, I can imagine it. Uh, pardon me. Just the the incentive then that is there to start posting content mm. that you really don't want them to be posting. It's mm. like, oh, if I do this, I'll get more views. Mm. You know, oh, if I do that, I'll get more views. And you can just kind of see there's an incentive in there. Mm. Yeah. But it's not just views. It's somebody actually has to push but a button. You go and watch it. To, not to say, yeah, oh, that's good. I like yeah. it. So the views are one thing, Yeah. which I'm sure it feeds you, but yeah. for an interaction is, is even... It's a step further of engagement. Someone yes. has gone further and actually yeah. pushed a like. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know. And then and then the people will be like tagging some of those people. That's the, that's the thing, like the followers that you've got that you're aware of, but yeah, yeah you know, your friends are following you. But then you say if someone's getting 30,000 views on a video, there's mm. other people out there they have just got no idea who they well, are well, or where is, they are. Well, this is TikTok, eh? So like I think with Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, they've got controls. And so you can say, who can see this? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? With TikTok, it's like whatever goes viral goes viral everywhere yeah right no it does not restrict it to people who follow you or, or not so um that's what makes it that much scarier yeah in my mind anyway so you can see how people make a, a business out of just being on tiktok though mm -hmm. if you get that viral first viral thing you get a bunch of followers and you can produce it with some more content like mm. that i don't know how you make money on tiktok um if you advertise or if it simply becomes you use it to then go look for sponsors to say, hey, I've got heaps of followers. Why don't you sponsor me your sh shirts or something, and yeah. I'll wear it in the next. Yeah, I think video. it's like that, and then you can link it onto um, YouTube as another good link. Because, like, if, if if you know you get if you got if you don't swear and if everything's um, oh, meets the community guidelines, meets, meets the community guidelines, and so if you can link your TikTok to YouTube and say, oh yeah, more more stuff here on YouTube. Then, yeah, um, true. You get a click through, and yeah, that's true. That would make sense. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not into that sort of stuff. I mean, if you go back onto my social media when I was prolific on it ten years ago, I'm just sitting there eating chilies and yeah, fucking saw that drinking beers. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said I thought you survived the video the chili quite well. <laughs> oh yeah, I've I done I've done um, gosh, I don't know. There'd be at least twenty on there. Oh, is there? Yeah, I did. I I would have done it for around two years, I think. Jesus. And I took a break from it. It was 
It was getting pretty fucking painful. Like. <laughs> oh, oh, I hated it. You wake up at four o'clock in the morning yeah. and you'd just be like, oh, shit. Off <laughs> <laughs> to the toilet. Uh, and you can't get out of there for about half an hour. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's were you doing were you it's doing that like as a theme for a while were you yeah, the oh, chili, yeah. the chili oh, yeah. and beer thing oh yeah right. yeah man yeah I, was I, this the early days of liberty to get liberty brand awareness I, I'm not or sure just for fun I'm not sure yeah I mean I would definitely say at the start of the video that I'm Joseph from Liberty Brewing yeah and um I'd have to go and have a look back at the first ones you know just to see what I was actually thinking about but yeah I think I've probably only got about. 400 followers on youtube you know yeah um but yeah god man fuck. i was yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think what it was actually was we had a good relationship with um fire dragon chilies for for you know for a period there and we still do don't get me wrong but um i, I just look clint don't take this the wrong way buddy but i guess my asshole can't take it anymore because <laughs> I really can't. So he invited me to do um, uh, a chili eating competition. So he was he was building his business and um, you know connecting with popular other businesses. Yeah, collaborative brands. Yeah, that kind of thing. effectively. And um, he saw that I was pretty good at. I mean, I'd been I'd already been trying to get super super hot chilies from him in the first place, and then when he sort of figured out who I was, then he was like. I don't know if he was impressed or whatever, but I did, went all the way up to flipping um, the, the national championship for chili eating. How, how do you get like? How do you do that? What do you? How do you get measured? Is if you just if you don't pass out, or if you just say, "Yeah, I will come back for the next round." That's how you proceed. Well, well I might <laughs> I might have been a wild card, but um, what am I? Uh, sorry, just getting a phone call. Um. Yeah, so how they do it now is um, he's got regional um, competitions and whoever wins the regional, say Auckland or Hamilton or Wellington or whatever, will go into the nationals. But and to win, to win a round, though, like you have six people sitting down and they start, yeah. and they start eating like a, 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 a safe, soft, yep. low-level intensity chilli. Yep. And if you go to the next one, that's how you proceed until yeah. someone just says, I've had enough, and there's one person, yeah, one last person, man standing. Last man standing, yeah. Gotcha. So, like, he, I guess just from watching my video, oh, maybe from watching my videos and seeing the chilies that I was eating, he was like, oh, no, you'll be fine. You can compete. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I did that. But I think a lot of the videos that I was making, it was just sort of training the palate to, to be able to handle it, to go up there and do that. And because um, you're not allowed to... You have to chew them. You have to wait five minutes. You're not allowed to have any water or anything like that. And it's five minutes between rounds, and it just intensi intensifies. So, jeez, would you say you got the national championship level? Well, I mean, I competed. I think it was ten years ago. Um, yeah, the, yeah, kids were pretty young at the at the times. So not eight to ten years ago, hmm. and I wasn't the first one to get knocked out. So. Wow. But, but I, I I wasn't the last man standing, that's for sure. I think what ended up happening was um, I think I'd done about six or seven rounds, and it, it was pretty gnarly. And they'd done this chili vodka. They had this um, butcher lokia chili, you know, the ghost chilies, oh, the and ghost. it was dehydrated and they soaked it in um, vodka vodka for about a, a month or something. It was bright red, and I had that, and um, 
it really took my breath away, eh? And and so I was just like fucking drooling and your saliva's really hot too. Oh, and my nickname was the salivator. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd just be fucking drooling. It was disgusting. And and I inhaled some of my drool. And oh, so it no. started burning down my um well, oh well, is it the larynx? I your, your esophagus or into your lungs or yeah. something? And I was just like, and then I spewed up in my mouth a little bit and I was like, oh, this is it. And so I just said to the whoever was judging, or so, I was just like, does it count if I spew in my mouth and swallow it? Because, oh, if you spew, you're, you're knocked out. out. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Jesus. Fucking idiot. Do they. Do they have something like an antidote so that if you're like about no. to die, that no. he'd have some of this and that'll just knock it well, on milk, the head? Well, milk's or... supposed to do it, but like, so milk's great because you have some and then, you, oh, it's calming it down. But all the capsaicin's still in your flipping mucous membranes and whatnot, and it just comes back, back. With, a, with a vengeance. So, bread years and years ago, I was out at a dinner and a mate, mate and I said, okay, we'll try these chilies. We'll have a mm. challenge. A whole bunch of us there. And um, it was, I don't know what type of chilli it was, but it was hot. Mm. And finally, after we're just like crying and drinking beer and pleading for milk from the floor, the maitre d' walks past and says, what you need is bread. He said, then you get bread and you just chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it. And I think that must like help extract that, like you're saying, out of the mucous membranes. Or I something. can see how it's feasible. Yeah. Man, when it's in there, it's in there. Yeah. These things are as hot as pepper spray, eh? It's like, it's so hot. Yeah. Like insane pain? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, as soon as I start chewing it, I get the hiccups and wow. yeah, start drooling. And, and, it, and it just, depending on the chili, eh, it will either ramp up really slow and you just get really scared, like, when's this going <laughs> to... <laughs> when's this ride going to stop? Yeah. I've had enough. Well, you have a good one to have if you want to really get you know a good idea is like the habaneros. Yeah. Because they just go like oh. straight up and then... It hits a level really fast, and then you know you freak you out a little bit, and then it kind of tapers off. But they're no, then they're nowhere near as hot as some of these other ones that we were doing. Eh? The like, ghost chilies and oh, the, Carolina Reaper, two million Scovilles. It's ten times hotter than a habanero, and you feel all ten times of it as well. It's insane, and it burns inside your ear holes. Your eyes start burning sometimes. Jeez. Mm. I'm surprised people don't actually die doing this. Well, it's, like, it's just a, it's just a physical reaction. It's not actually burning. It's like yeah, yeah. It's just a, stim, a simulation, mm. or it stimulates those those pain receptors that that would normally detect heat or burning. So yeah, it attacks them and and anywhere where there's a mucous membrane. Mm. So that's why it always burns on the way out too, because yeah, you got mucus lining the to to lubricate you know your business and whatnot. As the business slides through, you're like, ooh. <laughs> 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 TMI. <Yeah. laughs> no, oh, yeah. But, um, that's, that's rough. I remember years ago, my dad, too, he was cutting up some chilies he'd grown in the backyard. And, you know, he cut them all up and finished and afterwards and just, like, rubbed his eye and didn't realise. And his eye was just watering and, you know, starting to swell up and all that kind of thing. Because just a little bit. I think after washing his hands, he still had enough on there that mm. he just got a little bit into the mucus around his eye, membrane in his eye. Yeah. Yeah, I've done Painful. that a few times. Yeah. I do that at Vietnamese restaurants. So you get, have some bum away, like the spicy pho. And you're doing your noodles and stuff, and you drop your noodles back in the bowl or whatever, and you, you know it splashes up into your eye because all that red chili oil's on the surface, yeah. and it's like. <laughs> do you do you grow any chilies? Uh, I used to, but um, yeah, my my proficiency in the garden's not particularly good. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And they're seasonal things. Actually, we grew some chilies down at the brewery um, this season. Did you? In amongst, well, we had, we've been growing these lime trees down there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen and, um, and one of the lime trees wasn't doing particularly well, and I got given a, um, oh, I can't remember what the variety was. Um, yeah, chilli plant, man, it just went. In the same pot where the lime tree was. Yeah, yeah. and it went, went apeshit, man. We got, must have got kilos off the one plant. Wow. Mm. That's good. It's plenty of sun down there, I suppose. We're sitting out the side, of the, out the front of the brewery. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're like we're loading those lime trees up with citrus feed, big time, eh? So, oh yeah, man, they've grown amazingly. Good on you, Zane. <laughs> He's a good lad. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Did yeah. he work for you, Zane? Or was he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah, was. Nice. Uh, he's a good boy. He's all the all everybody that we've got down at the brewery. We got such a good team down there. Oh, you have. I know yeah. from I know from you know, the dealings we've had with you guys in the past. Just been awesome, helpful friendly people it's been great yeah mm. that's cool yeah um we're just starting to get the garden cranking here but the things that i've i'm looking forward to coming up are the um artichokes oh got yeah a, yeah got a couple of those artichokes growing finally so, what do you do with those oh you know the when they the ones look like the scotch thistle those ones yeah you get them just before they go they sort of they get go to seed i guess it almost is before they get too hard and dry just boil them cut them off and boil them and then you you peel the layers off, and they're like each of those petals, you can scrape out a little bit of flesh. And mm. but once you get right down to the heart of it, that for me is the closest thing to meat that the plant world produces. Oh right, that little bud in the middle, it's it's just beautiful. It's Have just you a... had jackfruit? Ah, uh, no. Oh. Is that the one? It's kind of pink and white with little black and white seeds all through it. Is that jackfruit? Oh, uh, or is no. jackfruit the one that smells really bad? Oh, right? th- that one that smells bad. What's that? Dragon called? fruit. Dragon fruit. Yeah, yeah, I've had that stuff. Eh, it's, it's fucking yum. Yeah, but man, it it's stinks. Been, yeah, I went to Taiping yesterday actually, and they had them in the in the in the freezers. You just oh, yeah, don't want it. them sitting out at like ambient temperature. Eh, the, shit, man, in here today, fucking flies come out. Eh, yeah. Well, that's what they they attract. That's the flies of the pollinators. Yeah, yeah. Um, kids' bloody st- stuff over here in the corner of the room. I was looking around for a brush to clean something, and they had a little jar of paintbrushes, and I went to pull it out, and it was wet. I was like, oh, and as I pulled it out, the reeking stench that came out of the, the water that's been sitting in this glass with like 10 paintbrushes in it mm. for so long, it's just gone off. But it's, it had formed some, like a scoby. There was like a jellyfish growing in there in this rancid water. Man, mm. it was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, man, I can never forget him. Durian, that's what Durian, it's that's the one, the durian fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we went to Hong Kong, they were like vending it on the street. You could have, it's so cheap over there. Oh, yeah. Well, I was eating heaps. It's kind of, I just can't, can't, it's just such a unique, it's almost oniony, garlicky, but really sweet as well. Like, like, yeah, it's crazy, but. Um, yeah, people love it. Mm, gives you bad breath, eh? Mm. <laughs> 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 you can kind of see why. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Nah, jackfruit's um, you can make uh, vegan pulled pork out of it. You can but you can like barbecue it like you would you smoke it and can you? Yeah, and another good one if if, if you if you're interested is uh, watermelon. You you cut the skin off the watermelon, you have it all um all the pink stuff and make a ball out of it, hmm. and then you coat it in um some of the ash that's in your in your you know your off oh, the smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you burn wood. Yeah, and some of the ash, so it's it's quite alkaline. There's a bit of um, chemistry going on there, and then so you coat it in the ash, let it soak in there for overnight or whatever, and you clean it off, and then rub it with um, 
normal barbecue rub and then smoke it for like four hours or whatever and then you slice it and it's comes out like quite meaty. Really? Yeah. Watermelon. Watermelon of oh. all things, yeah. Jeez, yeah, to give that a go. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one is like I said, jackfruit and you can um make a vegetarian pulled pork out of it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's all I know about You're it. You're into your food then, quite a bit, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. D- yeah. Different foods and things. Yeah, I love it. With uh, But that's that's food. Everyone thinks it's beer, but it's food. It's food. Yeah. I love this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Man, we went to I was in Queenstown last weekend, man, just I can't believe the amount of food that I ate. But nothing was rubbish apart from McDonald's for breakfast, but it's so busy down there, you can't get a book in anywhere. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, managed to get into one cafe and had some nice food there, but um, for breakfast. Are there new places down there? Is it starting to sort of come back after the two-year hiatus? Oh, it was yeah. heaving. Yeah. Absolutely heaving. Like, mate, honestly, I, I was thinking, oh, get a booking in at Jewboy Steakhouse or Botswana Butchery or something like that. No chance. It's, it's booked out months in advance. Yeah. Every, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's good for the town? Good yeah. for the town, Yeah. Yeah, plenty of snow. Uh, well, that I could see. It snowed the day that I that, that I left there, um, but yeah, there's just people walking around with their skis, and I've never been there when it's been like that. Like every time I go, it's just the start of the ski season. I'm not sure that the fields are even open. We go down right. in June. Oh yeah, normally, and um, yeah, I just I couldn't believe it. Like it was humming. You couldn't get car parks anywhere. Internationals open, I guess, again too. Yeah, yeah. So they... yeah. I went on a wine tour, and there was blooming. Um, we were the only New Zealanders on the bus. Two people. Wow. And everyone else was either Australian or American. Yeah. Mm. Where'd you go on the tour? Gibston Valley. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Such good wine down there. That'd be a fun thing to do, eh? If you had the coin to go and set up just a you know winery, and just say the beautiful outdoor areas they we seem to have, and yeah. just have people come in and spend weekends there drinking wine. Oh man, the investment that's involved there is that's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, far out, man. Some of these wineries just yeah. <laughs> would you would you ever look to with the brewery with Liberty, you know, go and set up? You know, other liberty themed bars and that sort of thing yeah maybe sort of like you know like um Halitau, they have a, mm. a, a a restaurant brewery to sort of support the beer have you ever looked at doing that or is it yeah i mean we've thought about it it's just sort of it's just a cash flow thing like i think we've trying to keep everything all organic and in house and all this sort of stuff so um, but we've been approached a few times with people who want to get involved in the hospitality side of it. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I mean that's where the that's where the real money is anyway. Like doing it the way we do is fine, but you, you really need good volume. Like if you were were starting out a new brewery, you, you just I would have you could have a little five hundred liter brewery out the back and a two hundred two hundred fifty square meter sort of shopping warehouse type thing and dedicate 100 square metres of that to, to Hospo and yeah, and just serve the beer that you make on site. That's just... that's Best promotion you could have for the product too, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, the, mar- the margins, it's so much different. It's yeah. the complete... Like, we'd have to sell pallet loads of, of six packs to make up for one night of trading. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So well, I... not, not make up for it to compare to... Yeah, yeah. 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 I can see then why you're looking at doing the the food place alongside of uh, mm. where the tap room is. That yeah, makes sense. well, we kind of don't really have a don't really have a choice there. To be fair, 
Yeah. Like it's um, you either hope somebody else takes it on. Oh, because you've got to serve food. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's right. Yeah. I remember that was a challenge that we had when we used to have the kombuchery. Yeah. Was getting approved the right type of foods that we could actually get away with. and mm. you know, Because we'd originally said, oh, can we just talk to the fish and chip shop down the road and the pizza place and order in? And they said, nah, too far away from you guys. You mm. need to actually be doing it there on site. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, that's a, it's, I really think it depends on sort of which um, council you're in. Because, mm. say, down in Nelson, for argument's sakes, they don't have any issues with it at all you don't need to provide food no no it's just a pizza place across the street's good enough or curry place or whatever um so you know we don't moan about that we just managed to get a um a license the way that we operate now but that is entirely dependent on you know the shop next door being able to provide food for people when they're drinking Yeah. yeah yeah so we've taken that on and Shouldn't be too much longer when we're up and running. Oh, good. Are you gonna? Is it gonna get a, like a, a rebrand and everything, or you got a name for it? Or not, oh, yeah, not, not saying yet. But well, I mean, the idea is that you know, well, it's. We, I don't want to do fish and chips. I mean, I'm going to be there cooking there myself, so I don't particularly fancy doing battering so, fish and deep frying it and all that sort of stuff. And it's no point reinventing the wheel. I mean, there's yeah. already fish and chip joints in, in yeah. Allensville, so. Burgers. Burgers, yeah, that sort of stuff. I Pro- mean, there's already burgers, but we'll do really, you know, high-end ones. Proper hot dogs? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Well, just to try and keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. And we've got a good story as well. Like, Jeff Bradley, who gets our grain from the brewery, like our spent grain, he feeds that to his cows, and we're sourcing all our meat from through, him. you know, through Andy. Oh, um, yeah, through Andy Cummings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, River, is it Riverside? R- meats? Yeah, River Valley. River Valley Meats, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the um, the bread buns that we're going to source from Dan at the Real Bread oh, Project. Nice, mm. keeping it local. Keep it local. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. That's cool. Real, real micro local too, because like when you're <laughs> drinking the beer and eating your burger, you know the cow potentially <laughs> ate the grain that <laughs> your beer came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that is super recycling. <laughs> That's really good. Um, yeah, Dan's a great guy too. You know, we again at the the kombuchery. Uh, I think we were his first client when he started down there with the Real Bread Project. I think we first took on some of his like croissants or pies or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, way back you know, a few years ago. Oh, he, he he makes amazing stuff. Eh? like I've spent a lot of time in yeah. Melbourne, and they had this um, croissantery called Loon. And these people in Melbourne would queue up for two hours to get like a, it's a croissant. Yeah. It's got ham and cheese baked into it and it tastes really good. Yeah. I'm, I, I, there's a there's a guy over there, Manu, Manu Potoi, and he's um he's an ex-New Zealander, lives in Melbourne, runs a bar um, and a restaurant. And then we became friends and stuff like that. So he kind of, come on, you know, like I did, I got to skip the queue, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, I got to have one. It was like, yeah. Fuck, that's a good croissant. Yeah. It's like, yeah, amazing, eh? Like, it's all the rage out here in Melbourne. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> I'm not really into pastries, but I get it. It's good. He's like, you know, because I like steak, whatever. Yeah. So, um, having had Dan's croissants, it's like, mate, we've got it here in Helensville. Yeah, I know. It's equally so as good. Yeah, man. Look if up. not, better. He makes the flour himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. 
that's the um that's the the mill you can see out the back yeah that, that wooden sort of mill rig yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool he does he's a great great stuff we're so lucky here i mean we shouldn't say this when i was talking to matt the other day we we're like we should just be telling everyone helen's all no it's just full of crackheads because we, <laughs> we don't want everyone coming here but the, the way i'd describe it if we were to have a little logo for it it would be um just everything you need like oh, it's, yeah. it's just got everything you need here. You don't kind of realise. Oh, mate, but... it's, and it's just not with food and stuff like that. I mean, but look, with the food, there's not a lot of places to go, yeah. you know, so let's just make that straight, but, you know. But like the golf courses around here, yeah, it's, it's there's some some little things in Helensville that are just some of the best-kept secrets. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the New Zealand Rally is coming out here mm. next weekend, I think it is, or the weekend after that maybe. And they're doing their shakedown run on Old North Road. Mm. So I'm going to try and sneak out there and have a look. It's not one of the race legs, but it's one of the roads they must have chosen to say it gives us enough variation up well, there. They, they used around. to have the WRC come out here along Kiwitahi Road. This is a yeah. really challenging leg. Yeah. So, I mean, the roads are ideal for um, for rallying, but, you know, I just, I just, I just, with how the local councillors and health and safety and stuff like that these days, I think it's just one of those things that is firmly. Sitting in the too hard basket. Well, uh, until I wonder if the rally has prompted the recent work on part of Old North Road because until recently it was like a battlefield. The mm. potholes in there were just insane. They were, mm. I actually had someone I work with who came out here to see the hairdresser and she said to me, how long has the road been that bad out there? I'm like, yeah, I know. It's been really rough. I think it's because they were just where the turnoff is before, uh, just after Taylor Road. There must be a development site going in on in there because there's a whole heap of trucks just coming in, turning in. And oh, out of there. you know, and I know the spot you're talking about. And yeah. I think they just tore that intersection up, and you know, just over the last six months, that seems to be done now, and they've just gone through and patched it. But yeah, it's um, a, a good roads for motorcycling, and yeah, the rally that'd be great to watch a bit of that out here. They were doing it on dirt roads, man. Yeah, I mean, it's insane, like. We could just, and there was no fees or anything. When we were kids out here, we, we could go out and have a look. It was so loud. Yeah. And there's there's so many cars, and they just got like, okay, every, you know, minute. every 10 minutes, however long the next one goes. Yeah. I went and saw a night uh, leg once down in Manukau, and because it was in the dark, you get to you get to notice some things like the, the exhaust pipes, the tailpipes on those cars, they glow red hot mm-hmm. once they've done once they finished the circuit. They just come in at night time and these things are just glowing. And to, the brakes. To, yeah, well the brakes, of course. The brakes catch fire half the yeah, time. Yeah. You see flame coming off them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff, eh? Mm. I'm not a big motorsport fan, but um, you know, I can appreciate that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, I'm the same. I'm not either, but I do enjoy um I got invited along to a um a race day with some mates. They call themselves the racist. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> but, um, yeah, actually, uh, Dan was there as well. Um, but really good fun. They had about four or five little rigs, driving rigs set up with PlayStations, and we just competed on that for a day. Yeah. That was a heap of fun, you know. You, get, you kind of um, you, you, you learn after a little while that you've just got to relax and calm down because it gets your adrenaline going. Like mm. the graphics are so good. What, what game is it that they're using? That's a really good question. I want to say Gran Turismo 7. Oh, or I've, got, I've got that at like home. That. It's so hard. It was, it was good. You know, you can, you, can, you can give yourself different levels of assistance. Some of the guys had overlays where it was showing you like where your line should be. Should be the when you should start braking. Your and braking markers and all that kind but of man, thing. But man, like if you turn all of that stuff off yeah. and you have to, you have to be so um, 
uh, at one with the with the racetrack, like every inch of the track, because it's like you have to have like a signpost or a, or a fence post or a rock or something that's on the something that is there as it's coming towards you. That's that, you know that's that's marker. what I need to start breaking. Yeah, you know, because other if you break at the wrong time and the 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 flipping the the targets you have to meet to get your gold medal. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so hard. Like, and you, if you miss it by point zero zero one of a second, you get the silver, and you're like, because <laughs> it might be another twenty flipping games to try and get there again. Get there again. Yeah. Especially if you've had a few beers and it's all over. Yeah, you've got that window. It's like playing pool. Yeah. That's what we were doing. We had the beer window. I got lucky. I hit the beer window in the in, in the race, the second part. Because we were we were doing 40 laps, two guys in a team. So you had 10 lap racing and then the other guy come and race for 10. And my first 10 laps, the guys were good. We got there early like, have you done it before? I was like, man, I haven't raced one of these, honestly, in 30 years like in my 20s i used to have a ps2 and i do do a bit of this i haven't touched one since and like okay so have a few laps i do a few warm-up laps i was like jesus i'm rusty and you know i was on the foot pedals i was pushing that hard on the brakes that the foot pedal unit was sliding forward and i was having to reach down and oh. drag it back because <laughs> you're just getting too into it did it have the haptic feedback on the pe- on yeah, the pedals no nah, not on the pedals but on the steering wheel yeah, yeah. but yeah get a bit of a kick in that oh cool yeah it was good um but the the realization really came in that after the first 10 laps of just trying to go fast and try to use all the brake markers, as they said, and trying to go too quick and just overcooking corner after corner. The second time round, I was just like, I'm just going to ignore these brake markers and just try and look at it and drive it like it feels, mm. and I'll just back off a little bit. And I creamed the second 10 yeah. laps because of that. Yeah, you don't have to go, well, just depends. You don't. You need to know when you can go full accelerator pedal. Yeah. I think that's the big difference because when you're driving your own car, it's not like you're just like floor it everywhere. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Even if you're in a hurry, yeah, that's right. It's like, oh fuck, I'm running late for the airport. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't happen like that. So yeah, there's. I think that's the big thing. Like with games, with the, the traditional PlayStation, it only had the thumb buttons, which was yeah. like accelerate on off, yeah, break on off. You know what I mean? And 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 the programming of the game would allow you just a little bit of leeway. But now with those haptic triggers and stuff like that, it doesn't let you do anything. Like if you squeeze the brake. It's just you lock up and that's yeah. it. It's over. Yeah, and yeah. you just go off onto the flipping bleachers, eh? Yeah, you know, same as with the accelerator pedal. You try and you know take off the mark. It's like you start, you know, just spinning, just spinning, and the other cars take oh. off in front of you. Ah, oh, fuck, that's it. I've lost bloody two seconds. Yeah, yeah. You back off that and start again, and it's like uh, it's so hard. That game is so hard. It's so realistic. Matt was saying his brother got banned off the whole PlayStation Network for. Um for a week or two weeks because he, he told someone that they, yeah, he said, oh, you're fucking gay. Like something like that. He said that and I don't know if he actually said it and it was you know, someone reported it or if it was just said and they monitor everything you say. I'd say he, he would have been reported. Yeah, but yeah, he, got but... A, he, got, he got banned for two weeks, couldn't play any of his PlayStation games for a fortnight. How good is that? It's full on, eh? There'd be some people out there saying, this is dumb. Yeah, but... but to be fair, it's a community, and you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't walk into the pub and look yeah. at somebody and say, you know, you're a, you're a gay. Yeah, that's right. Because then it's like, mate, you're not welcome back here. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. So uh, why should it be any different online? And he, the, um, the other thing Matt said, and he was racing. Somebody said he got the second. He was just about to get up there and win, and then someone came through from behind and just T-boned him, and so he went to write, oh, you cock, and it wouldn't let him. It wouldn't, oh, wouldn't, it's, it's wouldn't, a... wouldn't let him send. 
<laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, in a group of your mates, you know, you can do and say what you want, but you know, there's kids on the other end of that thing sometimes and that's the that's the thing. It's that whole you don't know who you're talking to half the time mm. or who you're racing, you no. know. And that's and that's the thing I guess with for, something like Fortnite. Again, I'm not being negative. I mean, online games they are great and I saw a thing the other day. They're trying to get old people into it to live at home and isolated. Yeah. Because they, if they give them a headset and a PS4 or a PS5, they can actually contact people and they can build a community of people and they get together and they game, mm. which is really good. But in the same in the same respect, kids can be on there and they just don't know who's joining in the games mm. with them and starting to try and mine them for information maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, they do set up rooms. Like I, I could go on there and I can set up a room and say this is Joseph's room and these are the r- rules of the room. And you, and, but depending on how many rules there are and how many people you want to join, it could you could be sitting in the lobby for two hours waiting to, to, join. to join in on a game. Yeah. And then you, know, you could get a headshot within... 20 seconds. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. Sweet. That was such that was a fun so game. Fun. It was so worth it. Such a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. I don't, I, don't do, I don't do online gaming at all. I, just, I, don't, I don't actually really play games, but when I'm in the mood, it'll be Gran Turismo, I think. That's like driving. Yeah. That's it. That's the only... When that came out, that was six months ago now, number seven for the PS5. I was like, I have to get that. 160 bucks. Yeah. So expensive, yeah. Are you do you race it to try to like to try to complete the game and actually get yeah. the gold medal or the championship? That's right. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm just still going. Like I haven't, I had a, a a spell where I was playing it, but then you know, I don't get to play it as much as <laughs> as what I life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I was just getting the licenses so I could get new cars and. Get some oh, tracks, yeah. but I mean, like, I've only just started. It's so prolific. You could play this game for for, for for years and years and years and not complete it. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. It's like golf. You know, if you can't, if you can't, there's no perfect. You know what I mean? Like everything's, every race, every game you have of golf is different. Every race you play in this game is different. You know, and you can keep on competing with yourself to try to just get better and better. That's and better right. And better. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to beat anybody else at all. And, and and you can still have fun. A, a friend and I used to but race. But I do like winning. <laughs> <laughs> we used to race um, a Pikes Peak race, and he would at the st- at that time I was um, I wasn't I wasn't working, and so I'd be up at night time, and I'd just be like doing Pike Pete races, just getting there as quick as I could, setting the best time I could. I'd go to bed, he'd get up, he'd look at it and go, oh, he's beat me by like 0.4 of a second. So he'd race, you know, like for, until he could just, he'd beat me by a fraction of a second. And then I'd come back and look at, oh man, he's beaten me. And this went on for a couple of weeks, you know, but we were just like at the point where we were shaving like tenths or hundredths of a second. It took you all day to get there. And then you'd be like, right, <laughs> catch that, buddy. And it that's what fun. it's like, getting the licenses. It is in the hundredths of seconds. Yeah. The difference between silver and gold and then silver and bronze um, is minute, hmm. but the difference between silver and bronze is huge. Yeah, yeah. But like, if you're constantly getting silvers all the time, um, it just seems like there's no easy way, no real way to do it apart from actually race it properly. So that's why the licenses are good because it teaches you how to. That's the thing. You've, I think you've just got to. You hit that level where it's like this is really hard. It's like, yeah, because you you actually need to train your brain now and your hand-eye coordination mm. to hit those markers 
exactly right. Otherwise, you just can't go any faster than yeah. that. Yeah, and I like the ghost car on the licenses, yeah. if you remember that. And I it, hate the it's, ghost car. It's you, though. I know, it's me. But how frustrating is it when you're doing good and, and it cocks it something up you. and it just shoots past you? like, that fucking ghost car. It's like the chicane at the end and you just hit the flipping thing and then... <laughs> <laughs> How can I do that that fast yeah, exiting that corner and you know getting everything perfect? Yeah, yeah, man. The ghost guy. I heard a I heard a um a heartfelt story actually about a guy who um he, he lost his father. Him and his dad used to race one of those games, and when he was younger, and he found like the old game whatever it was and, and stuck it in, and it had his dad's ghost car. Oh, how so cool. he races the race, but he. Always pulls back. At the end. He stops before the finish line because he can beat his dad now, but he doesn't yeah. so that his dad's ghost car always remains. So whenever yeah, he yeah, plays, yeah, yeah, the ghost yeah, yeah, car's yeah, yeah. there. Oh, that's nice, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Sort of sad story, but sweet bittersweet story. Sort of quite a few sad stories going around at the moment. Yeah. Well, I, I reckon, yeah. Oh, yeah, just in general. In general, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit, Crazy. man. It, yeah, it, sad stuff. And um, I saw, again, a, a heartwarming thing. I don't know if it was staged or not. I'd be, not be cynical and say it wasn't. But um, yeah, some dude over in Ukraine getting leave and coming home to his front yard and yelling out and his little, like, seven-year-old kid seeing him and just running to his dad and his dad running to him, you know, in his army fatigues and all that sort of stuff. It was mm. a beautiful scene. A lot of, lot of that in America too, eh? Soldiers coming back from yeah. Iraq and all this sort of business, eh? Yeah. That'd be tough, hey, overseas for a period for of time that. like that. For In a risky environment, thinking, mm. you know, any day I could get blown up and then getting home and seeing your kids. It'd be mm. a pretty amazing feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it means a lot, eh? Like, you sort of take it for, take it for granted, eh? Your kids and all that sort of thing, but... Try and I'm trying not to, you know. Mm. Just, it's partic- I mean, it's particularly strong now because my kids are young, mm. so they're still they're still so innocent. The questions that they ask you, you just see them sometimes, yeah, because they're mature, they're well spoken kids. But they'll ask you some question, and you go, "Oh my god, you guys are still so innocent." You just you just don't know. Well, you tell them some bullshit story, and they're like, "Is that really true, Dad? Does that really happen?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets better, eh? Like when they start getting their sense of humour and. Yeah. yeah, so funny, man. I just, like I said, it was Jackson's birthday yesterday, and he had three of his mates over, and they were all, you know, late 11 or 12. And they're just so funny. Yeah. They got their, each one of them's got their own personalities and this sort of thing, you yeah. know. And it's cute. Like, I took them to jump out in Albany, and we we're driving along. And, like, they get, I'm just a big kid myself. So, like, I'm yeah. doing fart jokes and all of this sort of stuff. And, and they say, oh, Jackson, you're so lucky. Your dad's so funny. He's the best dad ever, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's so funny. And Jackson's like, yeah, well, when we have our kids, you know, this is what we're going to do. And I dropped a joke. I was like, sorry, Wills, but um, don't mean to break it to you, but you can't have kids if you're in love with other boys. <laughs> and even then, he's just like, oh, well, that's why me and Finn can't have kids. <laughs> and Finn, Finn being there. Yeah. Yeah, shit, it was fucking oh, they, laugh. Yeah, they, they got the sense of humour. They start to get it and, yeah, play it back It was back so to you. funny, man. Yeah. It was so funny. Like, probably a little bit, yeah. I just, I couldn't that's believe awesome. it. But at that age, you know, the being that quick. Yeah. Good kids, man. It's had a had, a, had an absolute blast. Yeah, that's good, man. I would like to have more kids. You know, I'm too old for it now. But if I had, if I had the chance, like if I met Renee earlier, that's I guess you know we would mm. have more kids. I think because yeah. I just I, I just love them. Mm. It's drive me fucking insane sometimes. But I just 
love them. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, I think I was just too busy with work and I don't know, any excuse, but I, I, I feel like yeah. I missed out a lot on the kids at sort of that, that younger age bracket. Oh, yeah. And um, if I could do it back again, then, you know. That's a t- I, know a, I know a guy, very successful businessman. He's on his, like, second wife and kids now. And so he made a lot of money, and now he takes a lot of time out to go mm. and spend with those kids. And I spoke to him about it, and he said, look, I missed it with my first wife. You know, I, we broke up because I was working all the time, and I didn't spend time with my kids. And, you know, now they're in their 30s and that. You know, I try to spend time with them, but I miss them as children. Mm. And so, you know, now he was, he's got, I think he's got two young boys. He just yeah, tries to put that time into them. Mm. You know? It's important. Yeah. Oh, mate, honestly, it's... It's not easy. There's no, and the, and you can't, you can't, you can't yeah. turn the to, turn the time. But you could, no. if you could go back and tell yourself, like, what would you do? You know, yeah. um, yeah, just yeah. I, so it was good. Oh, shit, I'm getting all choked up. It was, yeah. it was good. It was a good time with them. Yeah, yeah, good. That's good. Um, um, <clears throat> um, my my two here must have just gone to the park. It's become surprisingly quiet. I had to put a sign up before in the hallway. I was like, "No jumping!" Just, <laughs> just while, just while Dad and Joseph are downstairs because <laughs> their bedrooms are just up here. Yeah, yeah. And a couple of times on here, we just like just hold for a second. Bong, 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 <laughs> and I'll tear out of again. Do you do you use Twitter? Do you go on Twitter? I used to all the time, like as part of the business package. Um, well, not package. I shouldn't say. I mean, it's just yeah. It, it, it seemed. It seemed to be the social media du jour at the time, like ten years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't I don't kind of I don't get what Twitter's about now. It's, sort of, it's kind of like I'm doing this now. Come and so if you've got a bunch of followers, like you know, you know, thousands or something like that, and I say I've gone to Christchurch for argument's sakes, and I want to go to Pomeroy's Bar. I'll say I'm going to Pomeroy's bar in um in an hour. Who wants to come down for a beer? Yeah, and then you know that goes out to Twitter, and then people oh well shit yeah we'll see that. But I mean, yeah. there's so many other like Instagram for argument's sakes is it's 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 instant. So you could do it there, and I don't know. I just it's, I don't you know what I mean? Like yeah, I I do. I think for different people, Twitter has different uses. Mm. Like I've I've been on Twitter with various accounts for years and I think I've posted once. I once posted something to Mick West, the um, UFO skeptic. Mm-hmm. He's a really interesting guy. I posted him some question about something. He was posting me. I was like, hey, could this be that? And he and he was like, yeah, it could be. Um, so I don't use it for posting anything, but as a news source, I think it's just the best news source ever. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's instantaneous. It's instant. so. Yeah, it's like, mm. oh, shit. Nobody's actually writing on. any article. No. But you're getting it. You're, you can be aware of what's happening right now yep. around the place. Yeah. Hey, there's a meteor going down over the coast of Scotland. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. Check that out. Go Google it. Oh, it hasn't even turned up on Google yet. A couple mm. of hours later, it's there. Yeah. Whatever it might be. See, I find it's interesting for that. It's also I found it really good in terms of um, trying to get different viewpoints on topics. Like you know the elections, because it's just so easy. It's so polarized. It's so easy to go and find like, oh, these people are clearly on the left, and these people are clearly on the right. Mm. And you know, okay, I'm going to follow both of them. And then you start to get to see what just different people's arguments are. I think that's actually, yeah. Cool so I did. It's it's funny you mention that because there's the the All Black versus Australia game. Robbed. I was robbed. 
exactly you that's the way that you feel yeah and it's funny that you mentioned twitter because i did go through so many people's arguments against each other yeah there's so many keyboard warriors out there oh, with this, there. you know and it's, it's bullying and yeah like, it's a, um i can never remember but it. you weren't robbed we, we were robbed no chance mate we robbed why, why were you robbed it was it was just too harsh a call there was time wasting wasn't going on it was just preparing <laughs> you're allowed to prepare what so the guy had the ball in his hand and 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 eight of his teammates are having a huddle that's preparation <laughs> tactics is the end of the game got to be very careful and strategic and how you play that out as we saw it wasn't played out well <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was funny because it was on twitter that i watched this video it was of a drone and it had the referee's microphone playing and you could see everything no cameras cutting Oh, yeah, right. Between, you know, yeah. like as the Sky production was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you watch this video, you'd probably rethink your... It's interesting that when you get that bird's eye view. Mm. Years ago, I went to the um, went to the footy at the MCG, went and watched Hawthorne play the Swans or someone, and sat right up the back in the stadium, and it was the most frustrating game of football I've ever watched in my life mm. because it got... Yeah, you know, like normal... Normal local footy or even a big game, but normally you're down at the fence line. Mm. So you've just got this view. You've got the player's view effectively. When you're sitting in the stadium and you're up here, you're looking down. It's like a bird's eye view. Yeah, how small is the field? Well, yeah, the field, that's still, that's well designed. You can see what's going on. Well, that's the thing. You can see what's going on too well. Mm. You can see where the gaps are and where they should be kicking and moving. And you're like, why did you do that? No, yeah. no, 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 do that. Yeah, it's, it's like it's the PlayStation rough. version of playing rugby, eh? Yeah. It's just you can see you've got too much input. And you have input You have input of what's going on that the players don't have from mm. their view. And so like, I, I hated it. I would want to go down to the fence again, just watch it from the fence. It makes much more sense, easy to watch from there. <laughs> yeah, good shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Twitter's... Twitter's an interesting thing. I've been starting to use it a little bit, just but like you say, just as an announcement thing. It's like, mm. oh, there's a new post gone up. But I've got no followers at the moment. But mm. over time, that will work. You know, and once you've grown a community, for people who've got a community, I think Twitter makes sense to use because, mm. like you say, got followers, going to do this. Okay, they're aware. You can get engagement from people that way. Mm. But yeah, but a lot of people are just the keyboard warriors out there fighting with each other. Well, I think it's good too. I mean, um, if you're a notable person, and and you interact with people on any any form of those social medias really, but because Twitter's so instantaneous, and I, I know a lot of people who have been either um, responded to or retweeted by oh. some really famous celebrities yeah. overseas, and um, it makes it makes just makes them feel so special. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing, bit of attention from someone famous online, and you're mm. like, well, that's for me, like with Mick West. When I sent him this question about that, and then he replied, I was like, well, I was in the kitchen. I was going, hey, Renee, I was just talking to Mick West. And she's like, who's Mick West? I was like, don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I haven't had any, well, any, but any that... big interactions, but people who interact with me, I mean, I'm just a regular sort of dude in my mind, but yeah. for some people who are like hardcore craft beer fans, yeah, and you interact with them, you know, I don't know they go, oh, yeah, go your thumbs up or something like that. They probably go back to the kitchen and yeah, tell their wives, oh, no, I just said, look at this, it's Joseph Boyd, can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think about things like that. But it, it's weird, man. You go to Beervana and all these beer festivals and whatnot, and when you actually do, people who come up to you and say, man, your beer, that monster, 
that was the first beer that got me into craft beer. Mm-hmm. And you changed my whole life. And I'm like, sweet as bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chat and shake hands. Yeah. And they're like, I'm never washing this hand again. <laughs> yeah. Are you coping with the fame okay? Oh, it's I used it's it's funny that you say that because I used to flip and tr- I used to avoid it like the plague. I just so people would queue up to um you know have a have a moment to talk or whatever, and um you know it's sort of they're half the time you know towards the end of the night they're drunk and they start spitting at you and it's kind of like Ugh, I don't want to do this anymore. But just this last beer van I gone, it was it was fucking awesome. It was good to be back doing it. You know what yeah, I mean? After the break, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. I don't know what it was, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun being popular. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that's why people aim for it and try yeah. and try and achieve it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. Some it's weird. Some people, you know, some people happen to be famous because that's just what they do for a job, mm. and then they go out in public and flipping costumes and disguise. Yeah, so people don't know them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess when you're really famous, that's the thing. It's just you can't get away from it anymore. Mm. You know, you're stuck everywhere you go. Mm. You know, I like being in Helensville, mate. Nobody recognises me, man. Really, it's fine. Yeah, well, everyone knows you here. Well, anyhow, apart from at the tap room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get any bad press? Do you ever get people heckling you at the beer festivals or anything like that? Nah, all... nah, nah. Because I reckon we've got a good reputation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we've never done anything untoward, and we don't. I think I've had some run-ins with some various things over the years, like because we do meat stock. We're into, oh, I'm into the meat and yeah. all this sort of stuff, so we've had some, you know, anti-meat things going on, but. Yeah. Um. I can't really think of anything that's directly related to beer making that people have had a go at me about. Yeah. Um, unless, oh no, oh man, there was some religious thing um, because they're anti-booze. Oh, booze is the devil. Yeah. I remember that. Fuck, that was ages. I can't even remember specifically what it was, but not a heckler at a festival. It's more just some conversation that I had with some person who's entitled to their views. Yeah, no, oh, fair enough, I suppose. Mm. You can imagine, though, once you start to become popular, that's it. Your head's up above the parapet. You're going to cop it from someone. Oh, you're going to get it. Yeah. You're going to get it. You, like you it. can't avoid it. The meat one, that's one that I imagine will get more and more flack over time. That mm. just seems to be heating up at the moment, social media, you know, mm. the whole thing. It, it did, eh? It did to me, it feels like it's almost quietening off. Yeah. Like people just... Because there was a period where veganism was so new and so cool. Ah, oh, it's reached its peak popularity, you think? Yeah. Yeah, no, and they were just like really vocal about it. And look, how many of them are going to do that for the rest of their lives? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, are you going to be that Karen forever and ever and ever? Or are you just going to like be, oh, maybe, maybe I should just tone it down a bit. I don't know. I don't have any more, I don't have any friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vegan cat. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? So. It feels like it's tapering off. Not that there's a problem with... I don't have a problem with it myself. No, I'm neither. People want to eat only plants. Right. Mm. Yeah, eat what you like. Mm. I did the carnivore diet for 15 months. Carnivore? Yeah. Just meat? Just meat for 15 months. How'd that go? Great. It was the best thing. The healthiest I think I've ever been. In really? My, yeah. I did it at... What age would I have done it? About age 48, I suppose, I started it. Yeah, something like that. It was awesome. For man. what purpose? I was doing it to try to 
to see if I could um, remove an autoimmune condition I've got oh, right. around my thyroid because I've read that some people had done that and had achieved it. Uh, it didn't work for me. My thyroid's just shot by the sounds of things. It's just been attacked for too long. It just does nothing left to re really regenerate and repair, I think, is the problem I've got now. But that's why I did it. But the unexpected benefits were... So I, I started on a Thursday. It was Sunday, I think it was, or Monday. And I said to Renee, my anxiety's gone. Just the general anxiety of getting up, going to work, and what's going to happen today, just had dropped dramatically. After two weeks, it had just about gone. I lost eight kilos of weight in six weeks. Um, my mood improved. I hit the started to hit the gym again, and I was mentally more able to mm. go hard at the gym than I'd ever been before. Oh, plus, you've got a bunch of building blocks that you're constantly ingesting, eh? Protein, yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, that, that's the argument. There's proteins in everything. Protein and fat. Yeah, but yeah. It's, 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 it's those proteins and fat that have grown together, you know, and, yeah, your body just absorbs them, just takes them in. It, mm. was, it was really good. Um, I had no, had no ill effects of it at all. It was, you know, dental health, teeth got... Better health of gums and that sort of got better as well. Funny, eh? Yeah. Just, just, just not taking that sugar and those carbs in to, mm. and the bacteria. Apparently that's why the mood changes and the anxiety goes away is you just change the gut flora of your stomach to be bacteria that eats protein and fat mm. in, as opposed to ones that eat carbohydrates and whatever the byproduct of them processing different products themselves has an impact upon your, your mood. and mm. Yeah, man. It was good. I just stopped because of the lockdowns. Yeah. The lockdowns happened. It became harder for me to then go and source meat and I don't know. I think that whole thing, just that whole period of time, I was like, oh, I'm just going to back off and start eating again. I just sort of fell back into eating other foods and things. Mm. But, yeah, it's. I mean, I'd do again. If I had some, if I had the ability to get to a couple of, um, you know, um, locally grown Cows, that sort of thing, and fill the freezer. Yeah, I'd do it again. I still, mm. eat, I ate, I ate a lot of meat. Now I still don't. I'm pretty close, but I'm, I'm not in the carnivore diet zone anymore. But mm. I'm not far off it. I have to look it up. Yeah, it was a interesting guy. I started to um, follow a bit of was Dr. Sean Baker. So he's a American guy. He's about fifty four, fifty five now. He's been on the carnivore diet for years. And when he was 50 or 51, he set the world indoor seated row record for, I don't want to, I was going to say 500 meters or something or whatever mm. it is. He holds the world record for that then across all age groups. He was just the fastest man on the planet at age 50 doing mm. that and just a, just a pure meat diet. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's funny. People say, oh, well, um, didn't you get, don't you get constipated? <laughs> it's like, no, because you, all you're eating is, protein and fat it, you're just protein and fat yeah. it just gets absorbed you just don't go to the toilet as often because you mm. just don't have to it's just not that undigestible how much biltong stuff. did you eat oh heaps man so i was buying yeah I was, I was going to the supermarket i was actually going to the um the the little butcher behind you guys behind the tap room yeah back yeah. then because he still had the shop before the lock lounge he had the yeah. retail shop and I was just looking through his freezer and getting all the cheap stuff that I could get. Now, I was eating a heap of um, lamb hearts and getting liver and all that sort of stuff and getting right into it, getting it real cheap, eating that. And so I was just, I'd get like an old uh, topside roast 
and just chop it up and make it jerky. Yeah. Yeah, heaps of it. You can just have that for lunch. I've been doing that. We, I got a whole swag load of biltong recently. And like when I'm feeling lazy, it's like 100 grams. So easy. And, and it's your lunch. Yeah. Done. Yeah. But it was fun. When I first started it, you know, because I, re- I researched a couple of people about it. Other person who, um, that's right, who was doing it at the time I was doing it was Jordan Peterson had started doing it because his daughter, Michaela, had started. She was suffering from... Um, Arthritis, mm. really, really bad arthritis. It was an autoimmune issue. And so she'd moved on to the carnivore diet and got great benefit because of that. That's right. There was the other one I was doing it then. Um, yeah, it was fun. I'd do it again. <laughs> who, who cooked for the kids? You? Oh, yeah, I would, I would cook. Yeah. I would cook and, you know, we just do normal food for the for the rest of the family. Yeah. But when I, yeah, when I, when I started, yeah, I, was, I was researching and some of these guys were like, if you're going to do this, look, you might get hungry. Just have another steak. And then, and then if, you, if you get hungry two hours later for these first few days, just have another steak. I'm like, this works for me. I can try this. You know? Oh, man. It ended up being quite expensive these days, eh? Well, yeah, that's that's a challenge. That's why if you can get half a beast from someone, you know, mm. like it's a home kill and you can you get it then. Back when I was doing it, I was averaging it out at eight bucks a kilo is what it was costing me. It's not too – that's – it's pretty good. I don't reckon you could do that these days. It, no, it would cost you a bit more, I imagine, mm. if you're home killing. Now about the best, if I go and buy bulk meat from Gilmore's or Pack and Save or whatever, yeah. about 16 bucks a kilo is the yeah. cheapest you can get. Yeah. You get big chunks of rump. Like Rump's that. the one. Yeah, it's the best yeah. value for money steak, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. It, yeah, best value for money, definitely. Mm. It is. And you get it those tastes nice chunks. and beefy. And... It's got enough fat in it that it's tasty. Get, if they've left a bit of fat on the outside, mm. beautiful. Man, I tell you what, if you want to treat yourself... The Picanha from um, Go to the Westmere Butcher. Oh, they're good, aren't they? Yeah, man. And they've got this um, Australian Wagyu. Have they? They yeah. call it. So Picanha's the rump cap. Yeah. That, that that one triangular piece with the hunk of fat on the top of it. Yeah. So you can just imagine it all marbled like Wagyu and whatnot. I love that one. It's the, it is so good. The Better f- than Scotch fillet, man. Straight that, up. The Scotch, Scotch is the is the benchmark. It's the yeah, benchmark. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if you go to the supermarket or the butcher, so even if you're New World or, no offence to Andy, look, he does good steaks. Any Scotch fillet is, is amazing. Unless yeah. you get a Wagyu one, then it's off the charts. But you can't afford it because yeah. it's going to be, uh, you know, 140 to $200 a kilo yeah. for this particular brand um, of, 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 of Wagyu. But their Picanha, which is a, it's a Brazilian cut, is uh, it's only I don't know I think I got two it's fifty bucks a kilo, which for Wagyu is well it's yeah. it's it's really good value for money, and um we two kilo um hunks of it or mm. kilo and a half or something like that however you do it you can cut it into steaks yourself cook it whole it's such a treat yeah it's an absolute treat it's and like I say that it's not Picanha in general it's the Carrara Wagyu Picanha is the, the best, best steak I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. I've been, I mean, it's not entirely true. I mean, some of them are unachievable. Like I've, I've had, you know, really good steak in Japan, which you can't get in New Zealand. And that, and even if you could, it's ridiculously expensive, like, you know, $1,000 a kilo type of thing. So you, you don't count that. That's like elite level stuff. For stuff that's attainable at home, that, that stuff the is best. the business, yeah. The Brazilians, they love their meat. I mean, you know, the um, we were just in Ponsonby the other day and there's that little mm. hot grill 
tiny little corner store they have in there and they just have the smoke going and the coals and they've got these big hunks of meat and you end up getting these like big beef cutlets that are just dripping in fat and being roasted over the coals. Just gorgeous mm. food. Man, I'm a huge fan, eh? I, I love it. Yeah. I've been doing it for years and years and years now. Um, the Brazilians, there was some connection between the amount of meat you eat and success in soccer. Was that it? It was, it was something like that. The correlation. Was, yeah, correlation between countries where you eat a lot of meat and yeah. then end up having really good soccer players. Oh, I suppose like you're that. right, isn't it? Like, you know, the, the, they are famous as a, as a nation of footballers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they do eat a meat. I mean, that's 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 what they do. Yeah, you know, they eat more meat than Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Ah, nice. Mm. Um, how long have you got today? Here you, go. you need to keep going. Going? Oh, we've been an hour. Has we've been it? going for an hour. Yeah, sure. Feels yeah. like feels like twenty minutes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, let's keep keep it short today. Just have a quick one and then come yeah. back and do another one sometime. Do a beer-related one. Yeah, we'll have some beers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice one. Sweet. Sweet. Oh, that went well. Yeah, man. That was good. It's pretty pretty easy. 